Welcome to the Human Behind the Chair podcast. Today with me is my special guest, my fabulous friend, talented hairdresser, Abigail Ballum. My goodness. Yes, you get a really good welcome because I love you. Oh, I love you. And you're that. my and my my neighbor, basically. Pretty Just much. Walked on over. Three doors down. Can't <laughs> complain. I think from like the conversation we've had, from what I remember, is that you grew up in a salon, like I did, I feel, right? Pretty much, yeah. Like, how did that happen again? Like, when I was, gosh, I want to say, like, 13, my dad didn't really, like, lose his job, but, like, he got a lot less work than he was used to, and it kind of got to a point where, like, we weren't poor by any means, but it was just more like I just wanted to work because I felt bad asking for money because I was mm. like you felt more a bit responsible type of thing and you wanted to help yeah and then at the same time I think it was more of like we stopped buying like we started buying like great value instead of like name brands and I was like I need real Oreos I don't oh. want no sandwich cookies oh she a bougie she bougie bitch <laughs> yeah I just wanted I just wanted to be bougie so I was like I'm gonna go get a job and so my best friend's mom owned a salon and, and near my school so Thursdays after school I'd walk over and I'd work with them till close, basically. And what did you do? Like, mostly what, like, assistant work is? Like, cleaning up? Pretty much. Washing hair? All yeah. All that fun stuff? I almost called myself, like, the butler of the, the salon. <laughs> I love that. The That's butler. true, in a way, because I was, like, I'd basically walk in, I'd say hi to everybody, I'd make sure everybody was nicely settled in, and make sure their, you know, their stylist knew they were here, they had a coffee or something to drink, like... That's so funny, and you were so young. Yeah, and I'd wash hair too. That's so crazy. So when you went into hairdressing school after having basically having experience in the industry, did you feel um, still nervous to go in, or you felt confident and you just excited to like learn more? I think I was feeling honestly pretty confident. Like I like I pretty much walked in there and I was like, oh, I got this. Like I know more than all you bitches. Oh, honey, because <laughs> I lived it. Most of the people right. in my class had no idea what it was like to work in a salon. So having been four years, no, even more than that, I think I was five years in a salon before I went to school. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah. I knew you were, you, I knew you had gone a little bit, but I didn't realize to like how long it was. Yeah, it was That's about crazy. four or five years working in a salon before I even went to school. So for me, it was just like, I walked in there and I was like, well, I got this. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. was so nervous. I was like 16. I had never, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know how to straighten hair because my hair was already naturally straight. I was like a nervous wreck. Really? Yes. I was like, so, so. I'm like, I'm really happy that you weren't nervous at all. That you were, you were like, I got this. I'm yeah. ready to learn, ready to be in the industry type of thing. It was funny because like for me, I think the only thing that kind of made me nervous was like the salon I was at, like though it was like a nice salon, it was a very old school salon. Like it was in a small little town, like everybody knew everybody kind of thing. So like none of the hairdressers ever like continued education or anything because they were just like, well, these are my clients and... This is what they like. So it wasn't exactly like up to date, I guess. And I think that's the one thing I was a little bit more nervous for, if anything. Right. Because I was kind of like, oh, like, I understand the old school methods, but like, what are the new ones? And it's, there's a, I feel like the industry has changed so much since then too, like old school style. And now with balayage coming in and how, how it's yeah. now like staying forever basically well it seems like it at least <laughs> yeah and so when you went into hedging school you finished and then you went into like the industry yeah were you nervous to get a full-time job at, at a salon and having like 
will have to build a clientele because it's you know you've seen it before it's a lot it's a lot of work oh, absolutely. a lot goes into it were you nervous to do that I think at first I was like fresh out of school I was like oh I got this I was like everybody's gonna want me everybody's gonna hire me and then I I think I was two months out of school and I still didn't have a job and I remember thinking like oh my god this is it. This is not working. Like, what am I going to do? I have to go get another job. And I was still yeah. working at my old job. And I remember thinking, like, am I going to be here forever? Like, yeah, I hate like I hated that job. Did you? I really like to some extent it was fine for the meantime, but it was like a retail job. Right. And like I was right. the youngest supervisor and like nobody took me seriously. And right. I was like, well, this is what I really want to do is be in hair. And I remember being like so discouraged. And if it wasn't for our like one of our mutual friends, who was moving away and she had basically messaged me and was like, hey, um, this is your last chance if you want a job. Show up. This is your, like, your interview, basically. And was like, if you're not there, basically you snooze or lose. Like, Oh, so you. cutthroat? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because I'd blown her off, like, twice, I think, for the interview. Oh, I didn't even know that. Because I didn't want to work in the West Island. Yeah. Because right? I live off island. So yeah. For me, it was like... Countryside life. Exactly. I was like, if I can work closer to home... I didn't want to be more than, like, a 10-minute drive to the salon, which was so selfish of me. But at the same time, I was, like, it just wasn't convenient for me. And then I just sucked it up and you just went like, anyways. Came anyways. Yeah. And how are you, how are you liking now? Been in, how long have you been in industry for? Well, I don't really know. Uh, this will be two and a half years. Full-fledged hairdresser. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like I saw you because we, we used to work together. Yeah. I feel like I saw you from the beginning and I so proud like you're so good but even from the beginning i met you like i feel like you had you always had that confidence because you had the experience already but it's kind of also cool to see like you how much you flourish as a hairdresser but even in your small things like consultation yeah that's that's a really hard thing to get it's so hard took me years to get how how to really ask the right questions how to read someone's you know body language of course and even now i find like there's so many times where i'm like oh my god like did i get that wrong i'm like what exactly do they want and i'll like get to like a point and like the appointment where i'll be like wait what did they want because i feel like i didn't do like my full proper consultation i'm like damn it i'm like i totally should have done that and that's like you always find yourself like kind of like coming and going Mm -hmm. with some things and what do you think, do you think it's because you got a job at such a young age at a salon that, that influenced you to be a hairdresser? Or was there other reasons why you wanted to be in the industry? No, I genuinely, it's funny because like I remember when I was a kid and we used to have this, these like horrifying dolls at my house. And I, I was like that kid that had like 30 tutus. Like I was just that child. And we had this horrifying looking clown and I used to always take the clown and I used to brush its hair out and I used to cut it and I used to braid it and I used to always play around. One second. Sorry. Technical difficulties. My bad. <laughs> I was talking about my clown. Okay, go back. Yeah. Okay, so like when I was a kid, we used to have these dolls in the house and like I was thinking that like 30 tutus and they all had long hair. So what I used to do is I used to cut their hair, I used to braid it, I used to brush it out. I used to always play around with all the like, my like tutu's hair, but I like obviously never thought anything of it. Like what child didn't play around with their dolls like That's true. You know? I feel like I had a, I feel like I had a collection of Barbie dolls, but I never played with the hair though. I used to. I used to cut my brat's hair. Stop. Yeah. You're savage. All the That's- time. I'm curious to what it you did to the hair because kids don't know shit. <laughs> You're gonna give it like this like crazy ass like pixie oh, yeah, like they were terrible. edgy 
edgy cut you know like, like i always i always like kind of picture them all looking like you remember like from rugrats like angelica's doll oh oh my god do you god. know what i mean bald spots yeah. like random long yeah. hairs and you're like yes <laughs> she looks so good exactly so so sexy that's oh, so I think it was like when my friend's mom was like, well, do you want to come assist me at the salon? Like, I need help. And I was like, I need cash. So like, what up? And so I basically just fell in love with like being there. And I loved like, I think for what did it for me was Christmas. Mm, the I, rush. I loved everybody going psychotic. <laughs> for some reason. I love, I love that description. <laughs> it's so true though. Because like everybody loses their absolute mind. Yeah. Right? Like we all go crazy. Nobody eats. Everybody's stressed out. And it was like watching everybody be under so much pressure and just succeed through it. And it's all true. just do it together like a family. It was like it's such true. a beautiful thing to me to see. And I was like, I think I really want to be a hairdresser because I just loved it. I mean, we're coming up to Christmas time right now. And yeah. it's, I already feel the, the craziness. I'm yeah. already working like crazy 10-hour days and not eating. We should get together. We need to get it together and eat more often and take care of ourselves yeah. more. But I think that it's hard when you're a people pleaser and you want to make your clients. I feel like all hairdressers, that's what we are. It's like we're people pleasers. Yeah. And we just want to make people happy. Of course. You know what I mean? Where do you think... You being a pupil, where do you think it started when you were younger? Do you think it started when you were younger or it just happened along the way? I think for me, yeah, I would say it probably started when I was younger. Like, I always, always was, I think it comes with, too, being, like, like, this, like the littlest one in my family, like, being mm, the youngest. The baby. Yeah, you kind of, like, you're always the one that's trying to host and you're always trying, you always feel like in competition with your siblings a little bit. Yeah. You know, so I feel like. Competition for the attention, too, exactly. right? So I feel like in that sense, I always tried to be, like, the better one. Yeah. Did you always want, like, parental attention as well? I feel like I did. I don't know if I would say parental attention. I just, I feel like I always just wanted attention. Just in, just in general yeah. from anyone. You're like. <laughs> I just always loved attention. You just wanted, just give it, give it to me all. Pretty much. Like it was like at the same time that I wanted attention. I was also like such an anxious child and I'm still a very anxious person. I mean, that hasn't really changed, but I think it's the way I perceived attention as I got older too. Yeah. You know, like I, like. You I know never, what you want more? Or? Yeah. Like I didn't understand what was good attention and bad attention. In my mind, everything was attention. I wanted it. Whether it was from oh, good things or bad things. It doesn't it didn't matter to you at yeah. that point. And it got oh. to a point where I started to realize, no, like there's a good one and there's a bad one. Let's try and stick with the good one. <laughs> and what when did you realize what was a good attention, like and bad attention? I don't know. I don't know. That's hard. I guess like probably it's, when I was in my late teens. Yeah. I kind of started to figure out what was a good better attention for myself that I enjoyed more. Like, do you think you you found that out through, like, your friends? Or is it relationships that, relationships that you found out that you were like, okay, this is the attention I I know I need? Or is it, like... Because I do know, like, I remember you were telling me like, you did go to therapy. Did you figure out through therapy as well? Like, what I was think, the... Yeah. Yeah. Therapy was a big, big one for me. Because I think with being so insecure and not understanding what was good attention, what was bad attention, I would get into, like, the wrong crowds. And I'd be like, well, if they're doing that, then maybe I'll do that. And if it makes them like me, then Cool. You know, so it was kind of like me yeah. just trying to place myself where I didn't necessarily fit, but just loving that attention all at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And I think with going through therapy and then, like, meeting people and, like, making relationships in my life, like, meeting my boyfriend and things like that, like, that's the attention that made me realize that, like, you're not, I'm not doing this for me. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not doing this to be the better me. I'm doing this just to... For other people. For other people. Anything. 
So I wasn't, I realized I wasn't making myself happy anymore. And it's draining. It is draining. It's so, it's, it's really, it's not good for you when you, when you no, do things is. like that. Yeah. And it makes you realize like, what's a good attention? What's a bad attention? And like where I fit and where my happiness fits in. And like, as opposed to being like a people pleaser, you know, it was like, I just tried to please everybody and stop pleasing myself. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of like, it you makes you learn. sit back. Yeah. You have to learn what it is. I feel like I'm still learning that now. Oh, on yeah. it, to be honest with you, I oh, feel like yeah. I'm still learning. Like, I'm a huge people pleaser as well, and I'm. I always say love attention as well, and that's why I'm a freaking blabber mouth. But I, I think that for me is like I'm. I'm learning to do more boundaries, trying to be like okay, more self care, really taking care of my mental health. I think that it's like such that's a journey a to freaking one. get there. Yeah, it's a huge journey. It's exhausting a little bit when oh, you have yeah. to like constantly work on yourself. I also feel like you had a very crazy childhood like I did yeah take us through your (laughs) child take us through your childhood and what kind of made you decide I feel like I I think you told me at like 13 you decided to tell your dad that I need to go to therapy take us through your childhood why you need to tell your dad that and what had happened so growing up right my parents got divorced when I was young which was I mean never easy on any child but I think for me how old were you when they got divorced officially I was I think three or four so I was really I was like too young to remember kind of thing so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm like I'm not the kid that ever saw their parents together right so like I didn't have that withdrawal Mm. and then I think I started to notice that was not a normal thing when I started going to school and I realized when I go to like friends places for like play dates I used to notice like their parents together and I'd be like oh like they're like a happy family all in one home and I remember thinking like I was different because I was like, I just felt like a huge disconnect from that. And I like longed for that, you know, and I I think like that's kind of where a lot of my anxiety had started coming from, where I just wanted to be like everybody else. Crazy. Which was really hard for me. And then it got to a point where uh, my mom and I hadn't really been getting along for a long couple of years, I'd say. (laughs) And it got to a point where it just became more toxic than anything, and it just mm-hmm. wasn't healthy anymore. And I had kind of slipped into a depression. I slipped into the wrong crowds, and I ended up getting um, really bad personally, where I was getting to a point where I was self-harming as opposed to, you know... Because you didn't know how to cope. Exactly. You didn't know, I didn't know how to know cope what to with the do. situation. I was so young. I think I was like 10 or 12 years... ten Around 10 and 12 when that kind of started. For sure. And you're going into your like teenage angsty like hormonal exactly. years too, especially as a girl. Like Yeah. And so trying to identify yourself while going through so much at home. And then I switched schools too all at the same time. So I was the new kid and nobody liked me. Oh and my like, gosh. So many changes at once. It was so much all at once. And then it got to a point, I think early in high school, where I said to my dad... I don't want to be between the two houses anymore. And I moved in with my dad full time. And then right around that time, I'd also started going to therapy. Because mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I think I was like 13 or 14. I remember thinking like, I'm depressed. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, like I'm self-harming. I'm not mm-hmm. happy. And I remember thinking like, this can't be it. No, exactly. You know, like, thank God I woke up that one morning and just had a realization and was like, this can't be it. Like, this can't be the rest of my life. How did you talk to your dad being 13 years old and being like, I need therapy? Like, that must have been such a hard conversation. I can't even, like, I can't even imagine having that conversation with my mom. Oh. Like, (laughs) well, I mean, you're laughing because my mom was crazy, but like, I, I literally can't even imagine saying that to like, you know, my brothers. Like, how do you, at 13 years old, like, how did you find the courage to even do that? That's a lot of, I feel like- It's hard. Yeah, it's how'd you really figure? Hard. How'd you figure out to do it and to do it in a way that he actually like listened to you? Because that's yeah. I feel like that's a thing too when you're younger. I feel like if you feel 
like your parents don't listen to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially around that age too, right? Like you're going through so many hormone changes. You're mm-hmm. trying to figure out who you are as a person. And then like through all of that, you also want to sit down with your parents and have like a real heart to heart. Exactly. And I think like with my dad, it was such like a, like I always say, like I'm not a religious person. But I've always said my dad's an angel, like, no matter what. And I've always seen that throughout my entire life. I love your dad. You know, you I love your dad. I so love your dad. He's so, so sweet. But, like, it's it's always been that thing where, like, I've always felt safe. And no matter what, I've always said my dad has been my rock my entire life. And, like, through everything, like, I've never... There was never that moment of doubt that I couldn't sit down with him and tell him how I was feeling. There was never that moment of doubt. So you guys were always closest to you and your mom that obviously had a very toxic relationship with you and your dad had a good, you guys were good to sit down, tell you him how you feel. You never felt judged in any way. That's amazing. Never. My biggest fear to this day was disappointing my dad. And so I felt by me not telling him and me going through his heartache and me going through everything I was going through and like even being like suicidal, I remember thinking like, It'd be more of a disappointment if I didn't tell him Mm -hmm. than if I did. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting down and he was like, we, he was like, he basically said like, I've had a feeling something's been going on. Like I, I know you've kind of been doing some things, not like he didn't have a full understanding, but like he, like he kind of knew I was self-harming. He kind of knew some things he caught on to Mm -hmm. and some things he hadn't. And so I just said, like, you know, I'm not, I, like, I didn't go into, like, full detail with him or anything. No, Because there's sure. some things you just don't want to tell your parents. No, 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 no. But I remember telling him, like, yeah, I, I'm not happy and I don't, I don't want to be unhappy anymore. Right. And so I started going to see a therapist. But, like, that was, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to say to my dad. I feel like that's a really hard conversation. It is a hard one. It's a very, and I also feel like it's because therapy is such a, taboo too like yeah. no one really talks about it well it's, it's like it's funny because like i i was talking this i was actually talking today with somebody about this and we were talking how like some things are just like taboo topics in the sense that like therapy is a huge taboo topic mm-hmm. whereas like the same as like as in like the difference between like males and females and the way like the world is like sexualized in a way yes. where it's like more directed towards the male than it is the female, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that are just so taboo. And I'm like, those are things that I always believe need to change. And especially the big one is therapy because your mental health is so freaking important. It's I can't true. even stress that enough. Like it's, it's very important. I think that people underestimate it a lot. Oh, absolutely. Because you go through so much in life and I feel a lot of times no one teaches you, um, because everyone's so different, coping skills, oh, yeah. mechanisms, oh, you know, shit's always going to happen. Oh, absolutely. And how, how to deal with stress. I feel like absolutely. even now I'm freaking learning it. Now I'm learning to cope with stuff that's that happened in my childhood, you know what I mean? Well, it's just it. And it's like, your past is your past. Your past follows you wherever you go, right? You can choose to look back on it with good heart or not. Mm-hmm. Like, that was something that, like, always was, like, a huge thing to me was, like, when I was in therapy, what my therapist at the time had told me, like, try and see the good in every situation as bad as it might be. You know, find the best thing in it. Forcing you to be positive Absolutely. in every way possible. Absolutely. Don't be naive. Right. But try and see the good in everything. You know, so like whether it's, say, I had a really bad day at work and all my clients canceled and I, you know, something bad happened. And then on top of that, I don't know, maybe I, my, I got in a car accident or something. You know, like even in all of that to try and sit down and be like, I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. I still have tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I still have, you know, my family at home, every, my friends, you know, like trying to find so something. much worse. Yeah, it's true. You know, and it's just having that two seconds to sit down and reflect no matter how bad everything is going. It brings you back. 
I think self-reflection is really important too. I feel like I'm also learning that a lot today is like being self-aware, reflecting on myself a lot more. I can also find it's crazy that you went through teenage years in therapy, which I kind of love that. I kind of wish all teenagers did that because your brain does some stupid shit when you're on hormones and being a teenager. It tells you some crazy shit. You know what I mean? How do you, how was that experience of being a teenager and going to therapy and going to school at the same time, being the new girl, making new friends? Like, how was that experience like? It wasn't, it wasn't an easy one, I'll tell you that. I mean, like, I, I think for, I didn't go my entire, like, high school, like, teenagers. I think I went for a good two to three years. When I started, I was going, I think, three times a week. Oh, yeah. By the second year, I was down to... I think twice a week and then once a week and then I went I think once a month so like I slowly kind of leaned off of it because it kind of just got to the point where I felt like I was sitting down in sessions and I was like I don't have anything to talk about because life's really good that's kind of amazing because it was like it wasn't necessarily like my life was great by any means but it was just so I had such such a better mental perspective on things that it just like it was so much nicer for me you know but it was just having that neutral person to kind of help me clear my head. And I mean, like, in the end, we did end up, I could say, honestly, she was a friend for me. Oh, I love that. Because we had spent three years together. She had watched me go through a terrible relationship. Oh, God. Watch me deal with, you know, a toxic relationship at home. Um, go Watch me go through, like, a bunch of stuff, like, from everything. <laughs> you know? So, like, it was somebody who I basically spilt my heart out to. In that's the hardest so years. I love that. That's really, that's such a great way to, the way you put it was really, really cute. I love that. It is. And you really do build a relationship with your therapist because oh they know absolutely. so much about you, right? She's better than most people did. I mean, oh, there's sure. so many things I said to her. I don't think I'd say to anybody. That's amazing. And through therapy, did you talk about a lot about your mom and your toxic relationship and, and how, to, how to deal with it more? Or, or what was it most things that you had talked about in your therapy session? I think a lot of it, I mean, I did obviously at first, I did talk about my mom and I did talk about that relationship and it was more, I think less about how bad everything was and more just about, well, how can I change that? Okay. What can I do? So, I mean, like whether it was um, like something that happened at home or whether it was, because I was severely bullied at school too, right? Like being the new kid and everything. Oh, God damn. We've all been bullied, man. It's exactly. so bad. Kids are freaking cruel. Oh, yeah. People are terrible. Kids are cruel. Kids are freaking <laughs> savages. My God. So it was like kind of going through a point where I was like sitting in therapy sessions just talking about everything and anything because it just felt like everything was wrong. Right. But it was just more of her sitting there going like, well, what about you? You know, how do you play a part in that? Are you doing anything to make that worse? Are you doing anything to make that better? And what can you do? And what can't you do? And like, what's the positive in everything? And like, it sounds so cheesy, but it's like you have to sit down and sit and realize, like, you know, it's not all your fault, yeah. but you do have to take blame right? in some aspects, depending on what that is. You know, I could sit around and go, well, I failed my test, and it's because of this, and it's because of that, and that person, and screw her, and her, and this, this and that. This bitch! <laughs> that asshole, and this guy, and, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, I could sit there and go, well, I also didn't study yeah. You know? 
me in high school. That's <laughs> no, just it. It's the same with like at work, right? I could, right. If something didn't go wrong, I could be like, well, screw her. And uh, she was a bitch to start with. And she right. didn't know what she wanted. You get defensive. Exactly. Because you, you, you get sensey. It's <laughs> to put the blame on somebody else, right? Yeah. It's just an automatic defense thing. And we all do it. And we all have that, right? But it just takes a second to share around and go, what did I do wrong, though? Did I not give a proper consult? Should I have told her, you don't really know what you want. I think you need to go home and I think you need to research. Right. Right? So it's it's little things, but it's it all comes down like I am so fortunate to have gone in my early years to have gone to therapy and be able to have those tools with me in my like young adulthood, like to kind of push me through my career because it's given me such a nicer outlook on things. Mm-hmm. Not to say I'm perfect either because I, no, mean, I sure. went into the industry, I was horrified <laughs> i was absolutely horrified why? i was so scared why i think About because what, i'm such a people pleaser oh. i'm so scared i was so scared that nobody would like me okay i was so fear scared. of rejection yeah i mean we all have that. i have a huge fear of rejection too so i feel exactly. you yeah so it's like i went in i thought like i remember i think it was like my second week working at the salon with you guys and i remember thinking like what if i never get a client <laughs> Like, what if nobody comes back to me because I'm so bad? You're so funny. Because you're so new, right? Right. It's like you leave school, you've got a green thumb, you're excited, and then it's like you start thinking, you start doubting yourself. Yeah. You also don't know what to expect, too, when you're building clientele. experience, right? So, like, you basically have people walking in, and they're just trusting you, and you can't sit there and go, like... I Hi, I've know. been doing this for three weeks. And- <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're my first client ever. Yeah. Can't say that to me. Trust me, though. I got you. No, exactly. And I think if it wasn't for you guys being such good support for me, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done it. I would have. I would have backed out because I know myself. Yeah. And I know I would have been so scared. I mean, I think we all. I think we all need that support system of Absolutely. behind us. But like, you got this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's important that all hairdressers support each other too. Oh my gosh, yeah. We were. I feel like we were a really great vibe for that. We were all yeah. even now that we all are at scattered different salons. Oh, we yeah. all support each other. We so still support much. each other. We still message that. each other. We still get together. I always see us all commenting on each other's posts. I so you know, love like, that. I always send you educational videos. You always send me educational videos. Like, we're that. always trying to teach or and send each other stupid each other. shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love sending you memes. I know. I feel like all of our conversations, to be honest with you, is memes. Oh, it is. I don't think we actually talk, to be honest no. with you. Our entire Facebook, like, not Facebook, Instagram, like, inbox yeah. between me and you is just memes. Meme per <laughs> meme, and I'm just dying, crying of laughter. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so true. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. Oh. So, that after going through your high school years, and, and you're just saying that you went through a toxic relationship. Do you think that you got into a relationship at a young age to get you to get you that like bad attention that you were talking about before, or it just kind of happened that way that you were in a relationship at a young age? I don't think I was searching for the bad attention. I think it goes back to me just searching for attention, right? Just in so general, whatever that okay. attention was. And so there was this guy uh, wasn't. I wasn't necessarily, this sounds so bad to say, but at the time, I wasn't, like, necessarily, like, super attracted to him or anything. He was just one of my really, really good friends, and we'd gotten to know each other so well that we kind of just got to a point where we were like, are we dating? <laughs> and that was, sure. That was how it was, but, I mean, we were in high school, right? Right, so, like, that's so us, true. It was so silly. Well, why is high school, like, relationships so awkward, though? We're dating? Sure, okay. Because you're dumb. You're young, right? <laughs> you're young and dumb. That's how the saying goes. I love it. I love it. So and ha- it just it's went from there. I think we were together for a year and a half. 
That's actually pretty yeah. long, I feel, for, for high, high school. For high school, it was not bad. Because usually it's like three, three months, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, I'm, my heart's broken, and yeah. people are crying, and I'm like, girl, it's been three months, chill, you know? Oh, yeah, there's so many people in high school that were like, they were together for two weeks. They thought it was true love. Oh, yeah, they're like, he was the love of my life. <laughs> and you're like, okay, calm down there, Lucy. Like, <laughs> Karen. <laughs> so how was that year and a half of being in a relationship at that young age and going through a lot of things that you were going through on the inside and therapy and stuff? Did um, the therapy help you to get away from that um, toxic relationship? Do you think the relationship turned toxic because you were in a bad place? Like, how did it happen? I think it was just we weren't right for each other. And we never were right for each other. So I think because we were friends and we just kind of decided, it got to a point where we were kind of just like, kind of always at each other's throats because we were friends first. Right. In a weird way. Like, because we had known each other on a different level, there were some things romantically we just never agreed on. Mm. And you were such young. You yeah. were so young, you yeah. know? So like, it got to a point where like, we're both trying to explore... Whether it was, you know, being in a relationship, whether it was more, mm. we were just exploring the world at such a young age, but we were trying to do that together, and it just wasn't working because we were so different. Like, he had so such a different view on life than I did, and that was the main thing we used to always argue about, because he was very controlling, he was very conservative, and I was, you know me, I ain't, I ain't that person. I'm a conservative. So I'm such a, if I could, I'd be a hippie. Like, yeah, I know. Tomorrow. Literally, I know. I feel like you're we're very open-minded. <laughs> you know? Glam hippie. Oh, yeah, I'd be glam every day of my No, that's, be that's gross. That's not, never mind. X that word. That sounds kind of gross. <laughs> Maybe not a clippy. I'd be a hippie, though. I'd yeah. be a very glamorous hippie. You would be. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd have my nice little trailer, but you know it would be decked out to the nines. <laughs> Inside your trailer would be a like freaking, like, 75-inch flat screen TV. Oh, yeah. There'd be no drip coffee. I'd have an espresso. <laughs> like, you know, like, I wouldn't... <laughs> I love that. Like, my truck would be the nicest one you'd ever seen. All glammed out and, like... Of course. Little bedazzles everywhere. Because we like our shiny shit. Exactly. So, going from that relationship and then, you know, meeting your current boyfriend, Morgan, now... How was that transition? Was that really hard? Because even when you had met Morgan, from what I remember, you were really young, no? Yeah. How old were you? I was 16. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. young. I remember I remember it was somewhere. I thought it was going to be 17, but I'm pretty close. 16? Yeah, 16. Was it right after that relationship? Yeah. And how was that? Like, was it a hard transition because you just got out of a toxic relationship? I feel like you have to detox a lot of that out because it becomes almost a habit, certain things, especially after a year, right? I think it was more, like, the fear of being alone, as mm. hard as that is to say, like... And we all have that. I was horrified to be alone, and it just so happened that right at the time that I was coming out of my my last relationship and going into this one, it was kind of, like, all... I, like, I don't want to say, like... I think things happen for a reason. You meet people at a certain time, you know? So, like, at the time, I had, like, kind of just met him, and, like... Mm-hmm. We like I had like recently I think I was maybe a month or two out of my previous relationship, and it was the summer. And so the only reason I basically met my boyfriend was because him and my best friend were in the same class. 
And so I met him because it was the summer and we needed a lift and we were 16 and he had got his license. <laughs> he had just got his license. So we were like, hey. He was that guy with the car. Exactly. Yes. So my best friend gave him a call to come pick us up. You know, we were hanging out because I was really good friends with a lot of people in her class. Like mm-hmm. the, that was kind of my main group. Mm-hmm. And so we were all hanging out and we called him. We're like, hey, give us a ride. So he came and picked us up. And I remember sitting in the front seat and being like, this guy doesn't say anything. I remember being, like, really frustrated because I kept trying to talk to him and he wouldn't say anything because he was so shy. And I was, like, so intrigued because he was so quiet. And, and like, so, why are you so quiet yeah, and everything? Like, it kind of bothered tell me. Tell me more. Yeah, I wanted to know everything because he wouldn't Poke say the bear. anything. Exactly. Poke the bear. I could totally see that with Morgan. He's a very... Oh, yeah. He's just reserved. Extremely. But he's really funny, though. Oh, yeah, he's, he's hilarious. hilarious. Once he comes out of his shell, he's the best person you'd ever meet. And what do you think that made you fall in love with him? Uh, I think I was so in, I was so intrigued. It's like I said, like to me, he was such a mystery. But and I think what really attracted me to him was I, I just met him, and he gave he showed me so much care and so much like respect. And I had literally just met him, and I remember thinking like, this is nice. I've I don't never think experienced I've had this before. This. Yeah, oh I'd never felt that before. I'd never met somebody who, right off the get-go, who had no idea who I was, gave me so much love and respect and care. That's crazy. Yeah. And how did you guys, like, get together? Like, you guys, did you, were you the one that chased him? He chased you? I I feel like you chased him. (laughs) I I chased him because I was so curious. Yeah. I was like, who is this kid, like... You know, like, he gave me so much love and respect, and I was like, he doesn't say anything, though, you know? So it was, like, all in his actions that he would do things. Or it was, like, little things, you know? Like, if we if we went out, like, I remember, I think it was, like, after a month of us knowing each other, he had picked me up from my friend's house. It was, like, 12 o'clock. I think it was about 11 o'clock at night. Mm. And we were going to school the next day. And I remember my best friend being, like, you can't be, pa- you have to be back by, like, 1. And I think it was, like, 4 in the morning. And I oh still wasn't gosh. back because we were sitting in the back of his mom's car, just hanging out. That is just, so cute. Just laying down, looking at the sun. Watch, we watched the sun come up. And I remember I went back to my friend's house and I snuck in the house. And I remember thinking like, dear God, nobody wake up. Dear God, nobody wake up. Because I'm going to get in so much trouble. Well, four in the morning, I'd be pretty pissed too. Oh, yeah. I'm like, bitch, oh, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I was trying to be so quiet. I remember he texted me and he said, I had a really nice time. Hope you're not too tired for school tomorrow. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's cute. That is so cute. Right? You never told me this before. God damn. This is so cute. It's really cute. And I remember, I remember because I asked him one day, I said, this was like a couple months ago now. I was like, what, why did you stick around? He was like, because when I met him, he asked me if I knew how to drive. And I had my learners, but I had never driven manual and he was driving a manual car. Mm-hmm. And so I had driven the car. He, like, he was trying to teach me how to drive manual. Oh, God. And I got about... I want to say a half kilometer down the road, just fine. And then everything started going bad and I couldn't figure out what I was doing. I had like a full panic attack and I sat, I was like, no, I'm done. I got out. And he was like, well, how'd you do that? And I was like, I did it with one foot. How else are you supposed to do that? And he was like, with two. Two. There's like three pedals, Abby. I didn't know because he never said it because I guess he just thought it's an automatic thing, right? Right. But I'd never seen anybody drive manual before. So in my head. He's a bad teacher, basically. Yeah, because he just assumed. (laughs)
And he was like, I, he was like, I couldn't understand how you drove with one foot. He was yeah, like, I can't. but I just, he was like, for some reason, I just thought I had to get to know you a bit better. And I was like, well. Your anxiety kicked in and you just went into full speed. And oh, yeah. I could just imagine like the foot going super fast. Could you imagine the foot panic I had trying to figure out <laughs> what like, pedal I was I'll on? I just want to get to the stop sign. <laughs> Literally. Literally me. Love <laughs> it. You're like dying inside the car. Oh yeah, full panic attack, trying to figure out how to drive manual with one foot. And I remember thinking, like, this is so much work. Why do people do this? It is a lot of work. I'm sorry, manual cars is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of mental work until you get used to it, and then after that, it's like second nature, I can assume. But like, it's not for me. I'm good. But I mean, I give myself that. I drove manual with one foot. Like, bring it on, people. Like, I I love that. No, I love that. That's fucking awesome. You're so silly. I love that you guys freaking one-footed it like freaking... I don't know. Morgan's just not a good teacher. He should get it together. Well, he assumed. And I mean, he has the right to assume, right? Most right. people know you drive manual with two feet. I mean, I didn't know until Kevin showed it to me. Well, I had never seen anyone with a manual call either. Everyone in my family is not a good driver and drives automatic. Like, I mean, my mom drove manual, but my mom's not a good driver. Oh, ooh. Yeesh. So... So we don't know anyone who's a good. I feel like the only person I know in my life is a good driver is like Kevin's side of the family. <laughs> my brother drives like a crazy person. We really tried following him to Laval one time, and Kevin was like, "He's such an aggressive driver that I feel like I'm gonna lose him." He was driving like 80 on a 60 zone in Laval. <laughs> And we're like, where the fuck is this guy going? Zooming in and out of traffic. Yeah, such a bad driver. I was like, Asian people, you're just a stereotype, man. You're just either really oh, fast no. or really slow. My this brother is... ain't no different. Oh, my brother ain't never put the hands on the wheel. Oof, oof, honey. Oh, he's he's scared to be in a car with. He's hilarious to watch drive because you just think to yourself, how does anybody drive like that? <laughs> Like, you get it. <laughs> You're gonna die soon, basically. Oh, basically, because he doesn't. Okay, my brother is the kind of person like he just gets so into his music. So the second he gets in the car, oh no, right, and he drives manual. Oh no. Okay. Second he gets in the car, foot on the clutch, throw it in first, full speed, music blasting, hands never touch the wheel. Oh my just god. Just full that dancing, rapping the whole time, singing his songs, has no idea what's going on. Does he know where he's going? Vaguely. <laughs> Vaguely. He's like, that might be a stop sign coming up. I oh, may yeah. we not stop. Oh yeah. He sends me videos of him driving in the car sometimes. Oh, I'm like, god. Can I be... hello? Like you get gonna kill somebody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's gonna get a ticket and he's oh, gonna yeah. be like and still do it after, oh, even yeah. if he got his ticket. He gets it from my mama. <laughs> oh my god. So growing up with your brother. Yeah. Did you guys grow up in the same household the whole time? Because you, you're, I feel like I remember you talking about your brother is your half-brother. Yeah, so my brother's my half-brother. My brother comes from a different dad. We both have the same mom. Um, We grew up together until I think I was about 10. He was 12. Because at the time we were going half-half, right? So it was week-a-week. Did your brother go a week with your dad too? Okay. Yeah. My dad raised my brother. Your dad's an angel. I love it. Oh my god, I love my dad. Don't get me started with that. <laughs> but yeah, so we went week week, um, and every, like the household always the same. We were always together until about I was ten. He must have been twelve, and then he moved in full time with my mom. Okay. Um, why? I don't know. A few extra details there. I am not aware of. I never asked. I assumed it was not my place to know. Okay. So he had moved in with my mom. Uh, and then I lived with my mom and my dad, still going half-half, but the half 
at the time my brother wasn't coming with me kind of thing. Right. And so I think until I was 12, then when I was 12, I had moved in with my dad full time. Mm -hmm. So my brother would have been 14. Okay. So really at the get go of like our teenage years, we kind of stopped seeing each other as much. Right. Is that hard for you? I I wouldn't say it was hard for me. No. No, because I think I had so much going on that it wasn't like a like an immediate thing. Okay, I understand. What you're saying. You know, like I there was like at this like this is all the time right where I'm depressed. I'm going through everything. I'm right. seeing a therapist. Like everything was happening at the same time. And okay. I moved in with my dad, and like it was just like I wasn't concerned about my brother. And I think it was the best thing for us too because we kind of spent like all those teenage years of discovering yourself apart. Right. You know, so like we didn't have that like annoying. Brother-sister relationship. Yeah. It was kind of, like, nice in a way. It's kind of interesting. It was, like, a weird mix, but it was really nice to not have to spend that time together. Yeah, because we both focused on different Not to say we never saw each other, because we absolutely did, right? For sure. There was dinners we'd go to, or, like, he had similar friends tie, so we used to constantly kind of mesh around with and our friends, see each other here and there, but it was not nearly as much as if we were living together, like... Okay. And I wonder, like, how your brother's experience was... I don't know. I'd be curious Growing, to ask I'm him. curious to ask him asked. because, I mean, till you were 12, until he was 14, like, you guys were living in very similar households, similar lives in a sense, but yeah. you guys are going through different things, of course. Yeah. I'm curious as how his coping skills were and how, you know what I mean, how he dealt with everything. And, oh, I'd be very curious to find out. Yeah, like, I'm I... I'm asking because, I mean, now, now we're starting to build more of a relationship back up, more mm-hmm. of, like, a... It's nice because we kind of have both our own adult lives now. Yeah. So it's nice that we can get together and just kind of rebuild that relationship, but in a different, like, headspace. Yeah, you're both healthier. Yeah, Yeah. we're more mentally healthy. We've both kind of got our own little things together. We're building our own lives separately, so we can kind of come together and speak more on, like, adult terms, I suppose. But, like, we still have the childish thing in us, too, because we're siblings, right? So we still tease each other. Yes. Like, he'll come in and he swears his head off, and I'm sitting there, like, Daniel, please, this little lady behind us is, like, crying because you're saying the F word ten times. Oh, God, Daniel. (laughs) Damn, Daniel. God. He's I feel like he's a very interesting older brother, to say the least. He is quite the person. I feel like you guys are so different. I feel like because you're different, because you had split up and he had lived full-time with your mom, you had lived full-time with your dad. It's funny because I think out of the two of us, he grew up to be, like, the more, like... He's very rebellious. I don't don't think rebellious is the word. Like, he was more of, like, the clubbing type. He went out, he partied, like... Mm -hmm. He drank at a young age. Like, he did things. He wasn't That's rebellious. Having drinking at a young yeah. age. It's very rebellious. But I think he was also a bit more prissy than I was. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he's a very, like... <laughs> I love that word. My brother's very materialistic. In yeah. In a sense. Like, he's very in tune with, like, his look. Yeah. You know? Like I mean, when like, you fade his hair, I, like, can't. <laughs> oh, my God. He's hilarious. I've never met somebody in my life who's more, like... like specific about things like he's so to the t do you know what i mean like if something's not perfectly faded on one side it's over grab the mirror and look in the back and be like um what is that (laughs) i love that and like i always laugh i'm like go somewhere else he's like no man i'm here to support you because you're my sister and i love you and you're but what's that (laughs) but like fix that 
But I feel like he's a good person to learn on because you did oh, learn yeah. how to cut men's oh, hair. Yeah. I fades. learned how to fade on my brother. Yeah. Who had the absolute worst head in the world to fade on. Yeah. Because yeah. that kid has rammed his head into so many dumpsters <laughs> when he was a child. Oh my god. Hit it on how many playgrounds I couldn't tell you. Oh my god. Like when we were kids, my brother, I think, split his head open maybe four times. Are you serious? Oh yeah, he's had concussions here and there. He broke his arm. Like he was the he was like the disaster child that would just always be hurt. Oh my god. You guys were at the hospital often because oh, yeah. of him? Because that's not good. Oh yeah. He was he was the child that we were always in the ER with. It was never me. No. No. I don't think you I was bubble wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> he was not. <laughs> Well, I feel like you're... Were you athletic in high school? I don't think so. I don't remember you telling me that. Uh, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wanted to be more. When I was in, like, early years of high school, like, I did... Um, oh, my God. What is that called? Like, the triathlon, I guess? What kind of thing? Where they kind of do, like, you have... Like, you go to, like, the big things. And they have, like, the high jump and, like, the 60-meter sprint. And okay, yeah. I understand, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I did yeah, those. Yeah. So. I did that, too. But I wasn't good at it. <laughs> bad like i did the 60 meter sprint and i did the 60 meter hurdles and i think in both of those i came in second i did not i wasn't bad i did not do that i i, I remember being in elementary i'm five foot nothing okay i tried <laughs> freaking uh, like auditioning to do high jump in oh, like yeah. grade six i can't picture where am i jump. gonna high jump i can't even jump that high <laughs> i was like why am i here what i think i did it because my friends were doing it and i was like oh yeah i'll follow yeah. you guys like whatever like it's kind of thing why not whatever yeah. I think if I also remember correctly, you were in tops. Yeah. You're very musical. Yeah. So I, I think, think that's I, what took me away from sports. I feel like that's, yeah. Because, because I loved music. And it takes a bigger part of your life. You're in a lot of rehearsals. Yeah. Like, you don't have the time. You can't do both. No. There's I no way. If we're, if we're, like, honest, like, I think music was an escape for me, too, in a way. And it was a really nice thing for me to kind of like throw myself into and just kind of have that peace with myself. Because I remember being in such like a toxic relationship at home with my mom and being so put down all the time. I remember thinking like, there was nothing I could do. Right. Yeah. So like everything I would do, I'd fail at. Right. Because I was in such a bad headspace. And mm-hmm. my dad, I think I was in the eighth grade. Yeah, I would have been in the eighth grade because I did tops for four years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Four years. Okay. I, I, th- I thought you had to know the for like a year or something. No, I was in it for four. Damn. Yeah. So I think I was in the eighth grade and I remember saying to my dad, like, oh, there's a, like a, like a talent show kind of thing. And I, I think I want to sign up, but I don't, I don't think I'll get in. And I remember him saying to me, like, why wouldn't you? You're my daughter. Oh, and it was like a really funny little moment to think back on because I literally remember him being like, "We're Balaam's. He's we win. Oh, like, oh, like, he's competitive. Oh yeah, like he was like, "You're gonna get it. <laughs> like don't even doubt, sweetie. Like you're getting in." And I was like, oh, "Okay, like maybe I'll try out." But like I remember thinking, "Like I'm not gonna get it." You oh know? Oh my god! But it was such a funny thing to have my dad be like, "What do you mean, we're Balaam's?" <laughs> I like can't even imagine your dad say that to me as you. I can't. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine him being like that. And do you think that being in tops like helped you build escape, of course, but build your confidence a bit more oh, yeah. because you were knocked down so much and, and oh, yeah. you became a lot more insecure because of that. It gave you the confidence. I like. I remember you being. You're like so shy. Mm-hmm. Not even now. So I, I can't imagine you being in tops and being on stage and singing in front of those other people. Like, how did you find the, like the courage to do that? My dad. It's, it's honestly like it's all my dad because my dad was with me. He went. He dropped me off at every rehearsal. He would wait until I was done. 
he'd even sometimes like hang out and come see what we were doing and like he'd sit down and listen and he'd like I'd come home and he'd make like practice and he'd come and he'd help me and like why is he so sweet like he was the best my dad's honestly the best person so sweet yeah what was the experience like at tops like did you would it did it take time for you because you did it for four years the first year was really hard and then by the fourth year you were like fuck I got this or the, throughout the whole time, you still found it hard to to have the confidence to be on stage? I think after year one, I was good with Tops. Like, Tops was, like a, like, a home for me. Yeah? Yeah. It was a really, really nice home for me. Because it was, like, it was a place I could escape. It was a place where, you know, like, there was... Everybody was in their own social, like, places, right? Like, everybody had their own things in their own schools where they were known for certain things. But, like, being from so far out, from one of, like, the furthest... Lester B. Pearson schools right. out that, yeah. like, when I got there, I was maybe one of two. You know? So, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> the only other person that knew my social stance at school was... One person. <laughs> you know, little Betty over here, who <laughs> still didn't know who I was, because she was, like, two years older than me. Oh. So, it was perfect for me, because it, I looked at it as, like, a new start. Because I, I was like, that. nobody knows me here. So it was, like, it was nice. I had, like, made friends. Like, I had met people from all different schools, all different backgrounds. People who came from the shittiest homes. Yeah. People who came from the best homes. Right. And it didn't matter. Right. Because we were all just here for the same thing. We all loved music. That's such an amazing thing. That's that's really cool. And it's, like, so funny because, like, talking about it, I'm like, it feels, like, so camp rock. A little you know bit, what I mean? a We're little like, bit. I can, I kind of love it though. Like I you picture us I mean? like walking around, like singing musicals and like the cafeteria. That's kind of what break. I'm imagining in my head right now. To be honest, but it with really you. isn't. Like you, in the beginning, you lie too much, <laughs> yeah. and then like at the end, like you found yourself, and you're like, I know who I, I who I am. Yeah, like it's and... like sounds so camp rock, but it's not. It's just like a bunch of people. But you basically like you all get together. Everybody has like say like a monitor. We'll say okay. You had like a producer that worked with you. Okay. Right? So, like, certain weeks, they would rehearse certain songs. So you, um... So I wouldn't necessarily go every weekend. Right. I'd say I'd go maybe two weekends a month kind of thing. It's not bad. And I was... You'd be in anywhere between one and five songs. Right? So, like, sometimes the scheduling was a little weird because I'd have to go for the first half of my, like, one day and then I'd have to go for the second half to the other one. So I'd be like jumping between the two back and, and like, forth. It was a little odd the way they did it, but I got so into like talking with the producers and I remember I'd go behind the scenes with them. And I remember like, I'd sit in the back with the sound guy who used to do the soundboard and I'd be like, like, what are you doing? Like, show me. I remember being like so intrigued by like, just like the little dials. He'd press a button. They'd like all move. And I'd be like, you're like, what is that? Hello. There's lights. <laughs> <laughs> That's shiny. I like. Oh, and I'd be like, how do I turn off her mic? And he'd be like, why do you want to do that? I'd be like, well. Oh, oh, she's sassy. She's always been sassy. I'd always try and like throw a little shade, but like, who doesn't? You, you shady beach. A little bit. I, I love Bye. it. Bye. So why aren't you singing more now? I don't have time. Not to say I don't. Okay, now that's a lie. After tops, I've I love done... you. Just correct me, like that's a lie, because I gave you a look. <laughs> I know I do have time. Everybody has time. The most bullshit excuse ever. I don't have time because everybody has time. I think it's one of those things I kind of after high school. Like I was in a band for a bit, and then you were in a band. Yeah, I did not know you were in a band. I was in two. What the hell? Yeah. Tell me about these bands. How'd you get? How do you even become in a band? So the first one was with my ex. Okay, yeah. I understand. Okay, I so see why one, I didn't last. <laughs> we were in together. Um, 
wrote a couple songs. His dad was a producer, so he had like a full studio in his basement. So that was sick. Shut up. Yeah, it was really fun. We'd recorded a couple songs, and then that kind of never went anywhere. And then we broke up, and I was like, later, later, <laughs> later, like, later. <laughs> So that was kind of a flop. And then my second band was a band I had built in Tops. Oh. Yeah. So it was a band I built in Tops. So basically all of us were actually from the same school. Except for two people in the band. Two okay. of them were coming from further away. But it was just more coincidence that we kind of all were in the same vicinity. Right. You know, like, I think one of them was, like, from Chattagay. And the other one was from, like, somewhere else downtown. And then right. the rest of us were all in, like... Little St. Lazar. Yeah. So it was kind of like whatever. Um, so that was really fun. I was in that for, I think, a year or two. And then the only one of the main reasons I quit was, one, I was the oldest person in the band. They were all two to three years younger than me. So okay. it kind of got to a point when I finished high school and I was like, I feel like a little weird. Hanging out with you guys. Yeah, in a there band. was like definitely like a maturity gap and things mm-hmm. like that. And like I was kind of like I was working full time and like right. they were like obviously not working because I'm in high school. So they were like, whatever, like mom and dad got my back. Like <laughs> <laughs> You're like mom and dad never got my back. Yeah, I was like, I didn't have that luxury. So like here I was trying to work full time, buy a car, pay off my hairdressing mm-hmm. because I was trying to save up for hairdressing too. Oh yeah, it was around high that time. Took a gap year so I could basically save up all my money. And so all in that, I was, like, still trying to, like, keep this band going. And then I was, like, there's, like, such a maturity gap and such, like, a different mindset happening. It's also your different places in your life, too. So it's hard. So it was really hard for me to kind of come down and, like, not sound like an ass in some senses. Like, there's some things, sometimes, like, we'd be all talking and I'd be, like, I feel like I just sound like a dick. (laughs) Because I feel like. I don't want to do that, but, like, in a way, I felt like because I was the older one, they were like, well, you're just grumpy kind of thing. And you're like, I swear I'm not. Yeah, like, this... it was just, like, a weird, like, it was, like, the communication wasn't the same anymore, right. and there was such a different mindset between all of us that I was like, this isn't working. Plus, I was, like, I think at the time that I quit, I was actually in hairdressing by then. Right. And I remember thinking, like, I have to somehow find time to go to school, mm-hmm. still be working full-time, right? still trying to find time to go to the gym, still trying to have time to go see my boyfriend and have a social life and be in a band. You're like, that one's gonna drop. Yeah, like, I was like, something's not working, and I think for me it was just the band wasn't working. And I right. was like, guys, I'm sorry. And I think, honestly, like, they were fine without me. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, like, there was two guitarists, right. a bass player, a drummer, and we were three singers. Right. Like, it was, like, excessive. And I remember mentioning it a few times in the band that, like, we don't need three singers. Right. I mean, you could be an ABBA vibe. ABBA had, like, four. I mean, like, yeah. But the problem was everybody wanted to be the lead singer. Okay. Do you know? Because we all had egos because we were all in tops. And when you're in tops, everybody's a winner. Mmm. Right. You know? So, like... Some of us having had full songs where you did the solo for the full song, and some of us who had been background harmonists the whole time, it was really hard for everyone to find their place in the band. Yeah. It never really clicked then. No, because everybody had their egos going. Yeah. So it was just like to a point where I was like, I don't care. I don't need this. You know, this is really fun. They want to go more seriously. I don't. Right. Like, we did Battle the Bands a few times, too. That was really fun. And we came in, I think... What is that? 
Battle of the Bands, they do it in Beacon Sealed, actually. Oh. Yeah. I, they I do it by the water. I don't know anything that happens around us. Like, I was so, honestly, so sheltered. <laughs> like, I was too. I'd never really heard of it. But, like, we did a few charity events, too. That was really fun. But it was, like, little things here and there. But, like, like you had the small gigs like, here and there. Yeah, we kind of actually did gigs, which I was really surprised by because, like, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really, I feel like that's such a cool experience, too. And I'm sure that also helped build your confidence so yeah. much more, you know what I mean? Like, even now, since I've known you, what, like, two years at this point? Yeah. Your confidence has gone up so, so much. And I feel like you also, when I first met you, had a little bit of, like, body dysmorphia right yeah a little bit i would say i still have that but like <laughs> yeah well it's okay to admit I mean, it like i feel like everybody in some way or not has that you know you'll have your good days you'll have your bad days but that's a lot of that social media mm-hmm. and it's funny because like what somebody who i really look up to for things like that is somebody like tara mm. or somebody we like love you. tara because you guys have such this attitude towards just loving yourselves for who you are and not giving flipping shit about what anybody else says. Yeah. And I find that, like, sometimes, like, I'll have my worst days and I'm like, I can't even channel that a little bit. You know, where like, yeah. I'll, like, look in the mirror and I'm like, wow, that's rough. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we all Good. have those times. Honestly, I feel like I try my best to have that. I definitely have a lot of body dysmorphia as well. Because my mom was the same with me. She, she also, like... Asian people are super skinny, and I never, I was never skinny. I always had, like, not necessarily, like, crazy curves, but I had, like, a body, you know, I had a little butt, and I had a little bit of curves here and there, and most Can't relate. Asian <laughs> most Asian women are, like, skit, stick, stick, yeah. skinny. So I, my mom put me down a lot of, like, even now she was like, you're, you're so fat, like, I'll pay for your, your gym membership. And I was like, no, it's... It's really not bad, mom. I ain't got no. time. I don't want to go to the gym. <laughs> like, I really don't. I hate going to the gym. She was like, but I need to help you. You're not healthy. Look at you. And I'm like, You're no. like, I'm doing just fine over I, here, I know. actually. I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm fine. Jeez. Because I feel like you and I went through a lot in that sense that, yeah. like, our mom put us down a lot. How do you think you got away from that and, and trying to just be more? Because our voice in our head is so mean sometimes so to ourselves. And it's loud. Yeah. It's very loud. How do you how do you get yourself out of that and build your confidence from when I met you two years ago to now? I feel like this, in two years, I feel like you had a big jump, honestly. Yeah. I was no, very I proud of that. You had a very I mean, this year you wore really crop top. And for you that yeah. was a win. That was huge. And I mean I think for me too this year, I, I like I said are wearing like tank tops. I know, and I love that. Which is I have my days. Yes. You know, like I, okay. I will say, like there's good days and bad days still, but I mean to to some extent I feel like it, a lot of it does have to come to, like, just the people I started surrounding myself with. Because mm. it got to a point where I started to realize who was toxic in my life. Mm. You know, we always say, like... Influence do a lot, eh? Yeah. Like, we always say, like, there's good people and bad people in your life, right? And, like, you just got to cut out the bad ones. Yeah. That's a lot harder to do than people think. I think... It's easier to say than do. Yeah, it is. It's easier said than done. You it know, is. so it's one of those things. And I think, for me, it got to a point where I was, like, I really had to sit down and look at my, like, structure... And my social, like, my social life and who I considered my friend and who I didn't and kind of take from that and go, like, okay, what's not working here? Because something's not working. Something's off, you yeah. know? And there was a few people who I kind of started to realize, you know, like, I would call them, they never called me back. Yeah, that's you hurtful. Know? And it's things like that mm-hmm. where it was just more like, I'd say, for example, on, like, online, mm-hmm. you know, say somebody posts on Instagram, I'd comment on a picture and like it and be like, oh my god, you look great, like... 
you know, message me or like, let's call, let's have a chat, let's go for coffee. And like, I'd never get a message back, mm-hmm. you know, and it was things like that. Or like, I'd hang out with them and they'd make comments. Oh, I don't like that. You know, and it always felt like I was chasing them and it never felt like they were taking the best parts of me. It always felt like they were kind of trying to put themselves before me. Yeah. You know, and I feel like in a friendship, it's never a competition. No. You know, like, I don't sit around with my friends and sit there and go, well, my life's better than your life because da 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 and then your life is, you know, X, Y, and Z garbage. Trash. You know, like... You trash. Just, <laughs> yeah, like, I kind of got to a point where I was like, I feel like I shouldn't have that conver- conversation with this person, you know? Like, yeah. this doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that, too, helped when I moved. Like, when I changed salons, too, getting away from people that I couldn't necessarily cut out of my life. Right. You know, whether it had been bad work relationships, whether it had been bad... Just friendships in general. Friendships in general and things like that. So, to some extent, like, I think a lot of that had to do with when surrounded myself more with people who I truly loved and trusted and I knew loved and trusted me. Yeah. Just as much. And kind of slowly getting away from those who were just not that. They're not adding anything to your life, basically. Didn't bring any value to my life. And it was like... It just got to a point where, like, I kind of, like, and again, like, you know, a lot of it is body dysmorphia, and a lot of it, too, is yourself, mm-hmm. and it's your mental health, and, you know, it got to a point where I wasn't happy with my body anymore, mm-hmm. not to say in any way that I wasn't fine. Yeah. I was young, I was healthy. Yeah. Well, I think it's just the way you see yourself, because exactly. you're fucking, you're hot as shit, and you know that I say it to you all the time, like, oh you're God. so pretty. Oh. So fabulous. How you doing? Yeah, how you doing, girl? Yeah. Like, I fucking love your body. I think you're beautiful. But it's it's the way you see yourself for yeah. sure. I think we all see ourselves in such a negative light sometimes because our voice in our head is, like, so loud. So, you know, and it affects us a lot from our childhood. Oh, yeah. And how we were treated. I you know what I mean? comparing. Yeah. We were I talking about really last time. I really bad thing about comparing myself. And, and I, I know I do. Yeah. And do you still do that? I'm sure you still oh, do yeah. that. I still and, do it, but it takes it takes me kind of sitting there and going, maybe I'm just not standing up straight enough. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it's like something silly. Like I'll yeah. look at somebody and I'll be like, wow, she's so tall and lean. Oh my gosh, she looks gorgeous. And then I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, wow, I'm Yikes. so like, bad and ugly. And then I'll like stand up straight and I'm like, oh. Never mind. I'm out of car hot. Yeah. Right. Oh. Hey. Checking yourself in the mirror, how yeah. you doing? <laughs> yeah, like you have those days. Yeah. Or those days I'll wake up and I'm like, wow, my skin is so clear. Mm. My God, I've never had a day like this in my life. You know, know. like it just seems like it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, wait. I also feel like that affected our confidence a lot too. Like I f- suffer from a lot of acne. Yeah, so I do you. Too. Like we suffer in different places. I suffer from my, from my face. You have your back acne. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that we're both still trying to accept and be like, you know oh, what? Yeah. Like you can you can only control so much. Yeah. And you can only give your skin so much fucking skincare love that oh, it's yeah. just. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And it gets to a point too where I could sit here and tell you all the products I've bought and how much money I've spent on skincare. You spend too much and you money. know, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's your hormones, it's your oils, it's your body. You know, there's some places that just don't like you. Yeah. And that's okay, and they get better with time. Yeah. Did I wear a tank top the entire time I was a teenager? No. no. Did I start wearing them this year? Yes. Do I still have acne? Yes. Do I have confidence? Now I do. <laughs> I love it, though. It's one of those things. Yeah. You kind of have to start looking at yourself in a better light. It's true. And I, uh, like I said, the way you see yourself, it's... It's crazy how it affects you on a day-to-day basis, too. Yeah. Like, when you just look in the mirror and you don't like how you look and yeah. you go to work 
or your even with your boyfriend right like you don't oh feel God, as yeah. sexy and it affects your sex life because oh, yeah. you Those don't days, feel good yeah. and it just like all around affects your whole life and i'm so happy that you're getting to a point where you're actually like, confident about yourself because i mean like we've all told you this like since the beginning like we i've never seen it obviously right i never seen like what you see no but same thing as me i'm sure yeah. you don't see what i see either like i think that i'm still a kid that had the freaking cystic acne that like was awful and made me cry all the time now my skin's so much better and like no one sees it they're like what are you talking about like your skin's not that bad i'm like it still is it's still awful and you know like you the way you see self is just sometimes you just huge. you just have to be like fuck it but it's, it's it's funny because i think one of the things that really helped me with my confidence is because like you know me i love art i love beauty i love body art you do i do love i really really do love body art and i think one of the main reasons I was so attracted to the idea of tattoos mm. was because I would see the confidence it gave people. It did. You know, so one of my first ones I got was my shoulder. It's so nice, your tattoo too. And it made me want to show it off. Because I was like, oh, I got a cute little shoulder piece. Maybe yes. I'm going to show it off. Which pushed me to wear tank tops. You know, and so like it's little things like that that kind of helped me along the way. But it was me kind of being more like strategically confident. Right. You know what? Sometimes you have to do things yeah. to, to trick yourself almost. Like, yeah. To be like, it's still the same, but it's just something there that makes you see yeah. it differently. Still the same body, just yeah. with a tattoo, and now you see it with a, in a completely different light. Whether it's body makeup, whether it's a tattoo, mm-hmm. whether it's a little foundation. Yeah. You know, you just got to build your own confidence up because you, I, this weekend, I was away for the weekend. I had gone to the camp. My boyfriend and I went to the cottage for the weekend, spent the whole weekend with him, his dad, and his dad's buddy. They were doing their thing. I didn't put makeup on the whole time. Every single time I looked in the mirror, though, I had a new pimple. Every single time. And I remember looking at myself yesterday and thinking, like, why am I breaking out so much? I look so ugly. How is anybody even talking to me right now? And then I remember sitting down at the couch and talking to everybody and thinking, like, they don't freaking care. Yeah. Why do I? You realize that. You just like start to realize like seriously, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a pimple. But in your head, you're like, oh, this pimple is the size of my body. No, literally. Because it's like <laughs> not even the size of a nail. Exactly. But in your head, it's like huge yeah. and it's crazy and everyone can see it and they're pointing at it. It's like I always make this joke with like shaving your legs. Because mm. I used to have a friend that used to say it all the time to me and I thought it was the funniest thing in the world to me where she used to always say if they can see your leg hair they're too close to your leg I mean and I'm like that's true she's not wrong she's not wrong at all and it she's sounds really wrong. funny but it's true yeah because who freaking cares if you shaved your legs or not I don't if they're looking at your legs they're too close to your leg <laughs> that's a, that's an evasion of privacy <laughs> <laughs> this is my bubble you in yeah. it honey get out <laughs> That's why it's one of those things like who cares Seriously. you know that's just like a beauty standard that you've given yourself it's not one that's real it's true that's this is very you say true shit you say some true shit honey and it's the same with your makeup and it's the same with your face you know i don't see everybody going out every single day at a full beat no it's too much work i'm sorry it's a lot of work i give all the props to the girls that do it good for you honey you've got all the energy i could ever ask for i know <laughs> I don't do that. I appreciate you. I do what I call a half beat. Yeah. It's not a full beat, but I still look pretty good. 
It's just so that I don't look dead exactly. <laughs> when I go to work. I look like I tried really hard. But I actually did it. With minimal effort. Yes. Like, how long How long is your morning harder. routine? 10 minutes. Same. Yes, bitch. <laughs> Same. Ten. I don't want to take more than 10 minutes to do my foundation. Oh, yeah. I ain't got time. I'm doing a half a week. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't even know what's going on I at this point. Yet. No. I'm not. I'm not awake. I'm not conscious god knows what's i'm putting on my i don't even know i, just I woke start, up mm. i walked to the bathroom and i started smacking foundation <laughs> you're just like that's and, the routine and, in hopes that something <laughs> sticks and it works out make myself look like i got my shit together but i'm an actual mess exactly <laughs> i think what i want to ask right the most right now is if you could change anything in your life that's happened in the past would you change it? And if so, what would it be and how would you change it? If I could change anything at all? Yeah. From from the past till now. Does it affect now? Yes, of course. Anything you change is going to affect now. Of then course. Nothing. Because I, I love my life right now. I love that. If I could, Obviously, if I could have it my way and mm-hmm. then I still have the outcome I have today. And, you know, I would just... I think the only thing I would change is my relationship with some people. Mm. why you know like I think I would I would change the relationship I have with my mom mm. how because being so young I think we because we were we had such a toxic relationship together I think it would have been really beneficial for me to not have that yeah to have had it been a very positive and loving relationship and just had it been a very loving time in my life because yeah. I feel like that was the times I really needed my mom right you know going through my teenage years where you know, I had my first breakup and I, you know, I got my period and like little, little things like that, you know, where it's like you feel like you really want your mom there for that. I mean, you don't want your dad there for your period. <laughs> well, exactly. It's like asking your dad for birth birth control. Like it's not the conversation you want to have I don't with your dad. He's never done it before. So he has no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like some things were really hard to deal with without having a female figure. Right. So I think in that sense, it would, I would have changed that relationship if I could, because mm-hmm. um, I did find myself searching for that in other people. Okay, I see what you're saying, and because you, you know, you were searching your mom's relationship in other people, right? Mm-hmm. How did it affect your other relationships? Is that the reason why that some people you realize that it's a very draining relationship? It it, it almost pulled you to more toxic women. You think? Funny enough, I don't think it brought me to toxic women. Oh, yeah. I think it brought me to more toxic men. That's so crazy. I would have thought the other way around. Because my relationship with women was very little, Mm -hmm. but good. In some ways. You know, like my best friend, who's still my best friend to this day, love her to death. Shout out to Char. I love Char. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. There's nothing I could do to make that relationship better. Right. We'd love to see each other more, but I mean, that's <laughs> I mean that's life, right? But no, I think like, I think I, I tried a lot to make her family my family. Yeah. I think in some ways we kind of did, obviously, like in being friends for so long. We've been friends over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I did, we did kind of grow up together. Yeah. You know, like I was with her through like a lot of her own heartaches and her heartbreaks and she was with me through a lot of mine and like... Mm-hmm. In some ways, like, that relationship was nothing but positive. You know, my relationship with her mom was really great. Because I did, in a way, kind of make her mom my, like, half-mom. Right. So it influenced you to have better relationships with women. Exactly. So why do you think it... very positive. Why do you think it influenced you to have more bad relationships with men, then? 
I think because I just longed. F- I, my mom never had a good relationship with men. And you saw that growing up too. And I saw that and I kind of just, I think she was part of the reason I had this kind of longing for attention, whether good or bad. Right. You know, where like she'd get to a relationship that wouldn't work out and men are the devil. And then it's like. Oh God, I remember your mom saying that. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, you know, men are the devil and everybody sucks and this and that and boys suck and da, 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 don't ever date anybody. And she'd always be like, become a lesbian and be so much easier, like jokingly. And it was kind of like to this point where I was like, should I? <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. Like, damn, I never had that kind of thing before. So right. I think I would just look for love and attention wherever I could because I was lacking that love and attention from my mom. Right. And I think for me, it just ended up being in men. Like, I just... It just brought in men that were more toxic. Yeah, I just found that in people that weren't good for me, whether I was in a relationship with them or not. Because mm-hmm. I had a lot of guy friends that I should not have been friends with. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> I had a lot of friends I yeah. shouldn't have met and I shouldn't have been friends with. And how did you get yourself out of them? How did you wean them out? And did you have a hard time weaning them out? Because I feel like oh, yeah. friendships are still relationships. So you're still breaking up with someone oh, yeah. and it's very hard. Oh, yeah. And even if it's a toxic relationship, you still love the person. It's like your mom. She knows she's toxic, but you still love her. Of course. And I mean, I think it's one of those things, like, it's because I'm such a people pleaser, Mm -hmm. I always tried to make everything work. Yeah. You know, so whether, even if the relationship wasn't working, I'd be like, what can I do to fix this? Right. How can I fix this? You put a lot of pressure on yourself, would, Yeah. Because I always think, like, no matter what, it's probably me. Mm -hmm. And I'd always put myself at the forefront of blame. Right. And I would never, ever, like, I'm not the kind of person who sat there and went, like, it's them that's the problem. Right. So I think in a lot of relationships, I tried to fix them when I, and then it got to a point where I was like, no, you can't. it's not me anymore. Yeah. You did your best. Now I'm becoming the problem because I'm letting this happen. Right. You know, so it, it, I find there's no easy way to do it, but I find if you're going to do it, it's honesty. Whether it's being honest with yourself or being honest with them, you know, like I've had a few friends I've sat down with and I've just said like, hey, you know, I love you. I know you love me. We've had a good thing going here for a while, but it's not... It's not working out. It's not healthy. Yeah. You know, like, I believe there's there's some people in life, and I've said this to you, and I've said this to many people, there's people that I've had in my life who I don't talk to anymore, mm-hmm. who I still love, mm-hmm. and I wish them nothing but love, and I wish them nothing but the best, but they, they in my life and me in their life didn't work. Right. Whether it was the time, whether it was who we were, whether it's who we are, it just didn't work, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And we're toxic for each other. doesn't mean we hate each other. No, for sure. It just means it's not working. Yeah. As friends or as... Sometimes some people bring... You bring out the toxic in each yeah. other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some friends, that's just kind of you how that... You bring each other. Yeah. And you... And it's, I think not it's Not trying either. No, it's really good. <laughs> just not. happens. But it's good that you, you, you had noticed it and you were yeah. like, this is, this is really not good. I mean, you, you put in your all in the relationship and you put in your 110%. So at least you can say that walking out and being like, look, I tried my best. Didn't it's work. Not, <laughs> didn't, did not work. But that's okay. Do you think that learning that, that you, sh- you shouldn't put so much into pleasing the person and being like, this is all my fault? Are you learning to be not like that? Or are you still having trouble with that in the relationships? I don't have that anymore. That's good. I don't think I have that anymore. I, at least I don't as much. Right. Definitely a lot less, if I could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it is, like, not necessarily me being, like, 
trying to find myself in a toxic relationship, I think I don't try and overdo it anymore. Like, I am very quick to see it's not working. Right. You know, like, I'll understand where my place is in a conversation, and if mm-hmm. it's just not happening, it's not happening, and I'll just take myself away. And you just accept it for what it is? Exactly. I'm not fighting it anymore. Yeah. That's a good thing. You learn from it. Yeah. I feel like that's all you can do as, you know, as you're getting older and you're going through all these different relationships, all these transitions in life. You just have to accept that, like, people are the way who they are. You are how you are. Sometimes it doesn't work out and it's just good to accept it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you grew up with with Char in your life and you were able to have more positive people, positive influences and, and all that. Growing up with Char... And, you know, you went to the same school still, right? And the just different. She was older than you or? Cause no, you so different. we're the same age. Okay. A month apart, if you would say. She's a month older than I am. Okay. Um, just, yeah, it's not a huge difference. Um, no, she. we were the same age. We had gone to different elementaries. We met in our younger years of high school. Uh, we both met because we were both in uh, the same crowd, basically. I was right. in the wrong crowd. She oh. was dating a guy in the wrong crowd. Mm. So we kind of met that way. And is it, do you think that's how you guys clicked? We didn't necessarily click from there. We had known, we had been familiar with each other from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my best friend at the time, uh, who I'd gone to elementary with, mm-hmm. uh, he had actually introduced me to her. Oh. And so that's kind of how we became friends. It was kind of like a very, like, I can't imagine how she felt about the whole situation right we had, like we kind of know any about each other because we were in the wrong crowd right and you so both knew like, you guys were in the wrong crowd we both knew what the other one was up to <laughs> we knew what we both done what we hadn't done kind of thing we know who we were both talking to right so it was like kind of weird and then i met her literally at her house that's too funny like she had invited my friend over for like a little hangout session at her place and we used to hang out in her garage we were young and we smoked and we were bad kids. Um, so <laughs> we used to chill in her garage. And so we, that one day I'd gone over with him because he was like, why don't you come with me? And I was like, was that okay with her? And he was like, I don't know. I don't think she'd mind. She's super chill. To my knowledge, thinking he'd asked her, he did not. He just showed up and she's so like, who the I fuck is sh- this? Literally, I showed up and she's like, hello? <laughs> like, who do you think you are, lady? And I'm standing there like, um, what up? I'm happy. I'm gonna let myself in now. Oh my god! And just from that day, do you think that her relationship, you're both of your relationship together, growing up together, and everything, um, do you think she influenced you to have better relationship with other yep. women as well, like her mom? Yeah. And how? And she what was, was it about her that gave you the security? Because I feel like in each relationship, that's what you want. Right. And I feel like in my best friend, I feel like I felt that like home security, yeah. safeness. I feel like you had that with your best friend yeah. Char too. She was How just was that like, like? An escape. Yeah. You know, like I used to like growing up, she lived not super far, but she lived on the other side of town. Okay. So like <clears throat> sorry, the town was small as fuck. Small, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not super far. Uh, like driving, I think it would take me like ten minutes to get to her house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't mm-hmm. far. Um, but I always felt bad asking my dad for things, so mm-hmm. I used to walk. So I used to walk two and out two and a half hours to her house almost every day. Stop to it! To and from her house every single day, just to hang out with just her, just to see her. Oh my god! Yeah, I love that. And do you think 
her your relationship with her influenced the relationship that you have with Morgan. Yes. In a better way, I mean. Yes. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. She was she was um a big clarity through like I think we were both a huge clarity in both of our lives because we weren't scared to tell each other how we felt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like if I'd met somebody and I was talking about them, she'd be like, um, they ain't it, sweetie. <laughs> like, <laughs> cut you the need to cord. Leave. Yeah, literally. She'd like tell me everything wrong about the person, never hold a thing back. Right. And I think that scared me. And I loved it because I was like, I wasn't used to having somebody tell you like it is. Tell me how it is. I was so used to somebody filling me with lies. Right. You know? So like, it was so nice to have somebody sit there and just be honest. Mm hmm. And so I think like. But with that good was, intentions. Though. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, she would never do anything out of harm, you know? No, it was for sure. always, always out of good, out of love. And I think that, that was, like, such an important thing to have. So when I met Morgan, uh, she actually sat me down and told me no. She was like, I don't think this is a good idea. I think it's too soon. Because I was about, like, two months out right. of my old relationship. Mm-hmm. She was like, I think it's too soon. I think you need to wait. I don't think now is the right time. So she was like, if he wants you, he'll wait. And then around that same time... Uh, that I met Morgan and she had told me that we were actually me and Char were actually going away together we were going to um, the states for I think like five days and then we were going up to my family's cottage uh, for two weeks so we were spending like three weeks together Mm. all around that same time that I met Morgan so I basically dipped after I met him, which was great because it gave us a lot of time to kind of sit back and realize, like, do we like each other actually? Or are we just right. enjoying the company? Right. And I think we kind of realized, like, oh, we like each other because we never stopped talking mm. the whole time I was away. Even if I had no Wi-Fi, he'd message me or I'd message him. And I'd be like, yeah, you get the message later kind of thing. Like, yeah. And then when we got back, he left for a couple weeks because he had gone up to his family's cottage for a couple weeks. Mm. So I actually didn't see him for about the... Right when we started dating, I think I hadn't seen him for a good month and a half, almost two months. Yeah. By the time he got back. So you're getting to know each other through text and everything. Exactly. And I remember, like, sitting down with Char and, like, basically asking for permission. Because I was like, look, we haven't stopped talking. I haven't seen him in a month and a half. We haven't stopped thinking about each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is a good thing. Yeah. I feel good about this. I'm doing it. And she was like, okay. I warned you. If it don't work out, don't turn around. I mean, look at me, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> she was like, I fucking told you. Yeah. And she didn't. It didn't work out, so we, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's been what? Like, how many years at this point? Five years. Five years. Yeah. Goddamn. Goddamn, five years. And you're so young, too. It's yeah. crazy. You're what? How old are you now? 21. 21. Yeah. You're such a baby. Makes me feel old, but I'm not even that old. <laughs> it's funny, because somebody asked me the other day, and they were like, well, I'll, like... That's cute. Like, you guys are high school sweethearts. Like, oh, sweet. And I was like, it, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. How come? It is so, like, we have a great relationship. Yeah. It's gotten a lot better. We've gotten through a lot of hardships. We've worked a lot of things out. Like, obviously, we went through a, a lot of hard time, too. Yeah. Um, In some aspects, just because we were so young when yeah. we met. Yeah. And I think a lot of that had to do with us becoming who we are as people. Yeah. Because you're still building your personality. You're figuring out what you want to do, where you fit in this world, where you don't fit. You know, like, yeah. who your friends really are and things like that. So it's like, I think we were both kind of discovering ourselves as people. Yeah. But trying to keep a relationship going at the same time, but not really knowing what we wanted out of a relationship. Right. Did you have a hard time uh, 
being an independent person, like being yourself and not just the relationship type of thing. Yeah, I did. I mean, I do too. It's okay. <laughs> but I think a lot of that had to do with me also being so insecure at that time. Right. Because I just coming out of a really toxic relationship. Yeah. And I was in the middle of kind of not understanding what's okay, what's not okay, what yeah. love is good, what's not good love kind trying of thing. To be, trying to build that healthy relationship. Exactly. And learning what that is for you. But also trying to get him out of his shell. Yeah. Because he was so closed off. Mm-hmm. And though that was so attractive to me, it got annoying at one point. Yeah. Because when it gets to a point where you're like, okay, it's been a year now, uh, what's up? You know, yeah. like, it kind of gets annoying. So I think, like, we both fought for it, but at the same time, we were both trying to figure out who we were. Yeah. So it's, it, I wouldn't wish that on anybody because it was so hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's still going to be hard. You're oh, still yeah. young. You're still both trying to figure out who you are. Oh, and yeah. I think that, like, when you get together so young, too, you also learn a bit. It becomes a bit of dependency, a bit. That's why it becomes, like, it's, oh, trying yeah. to figure out who you are outside of a relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, figuring out, like, how to be independent within a dependency of mm-hmm. each other. It's like somebody, it's like I remember, as I was talking to somebody one day, like, when I was younger. I think it was my dad, if I'm being honest. And I remember him saying something like, I love my dad. I love your dad. I quote him all the time. I remember him saying, like, somebody should never be your world. It's true. Don't ever make somebody your world because then you've lost yourself. Yeah. And I remember thinking that's so true. Yeah. You have to choose yourself first. Absolutely. I'm like, he's a huge part of my world. Mm -hmm. But he is not my world. I am my world. Yes. I'm so glad to hear you're saying that. I have to say. Is that nice? I'm so glad you've gone to the point in your life that you're saying that. I'm so proud. I hope other people can say that too. Because I'm I know like, so many people in bad relationships. And I'm like... I think it's yourself. really hard. Like, we... Everyone go has such a crazy life. Everyone's going through so much that... Uh, it's hard to figure out what a healthy relationship is. Yeah. No, one, no one teaches you that. No one no. teaches you any of... Oh, these are the, you know... The... Um, bad signs of a relationship yeah. you know no one tells you about it no. and a lot of times you see it only through like the media social media um movies tv shows and a lot of that's like not real no. so you're trying to just figure it out for yourself and it's like trial and error error everyone gets into a bad relationship and sometimes people get out sometimes people don't and it's hard yeah, and you just have hard. to sad to see it's very sad to see but you gotta just be there for them and be like i'm here for you and and just tell them how you feel but they have to get it out of themselves you know but i'm just so proud of you i'm so proud of where you've come like just to hear you say that like it makes me so happy because abby i met two years ago would have never said that no abby two years ago would have never said that yes i have confidence today and and you know say yourself in such a amazing light because i see yourself like that and i see i love you and i I see yourself i see you in in the highest way possible i'm so glad you're finally getting to the point where yes like i see it too because i think that everyone in your life probably sees it as well from how i'm seeing it like how amazing you are and it's like it gets to the point where you're frustrated with your friend but like what the fuck is wrong with you why don't you see it so to hear you say that makes me so happy and i'm really excited to see where you're gonna be in your career because you started off strong, obviously, being in the industry already, but you also had just that talent, just, like, raw talent there already from the beginning. But so I got like, so lucky being with you and being with Tara and being with everybody else in that salon that was such a strong 
force. You guys were so education driven. You guys were so quick to sit me down and be like, this is what we know. This is our knowledge. Take it, do as you wish, and best of luck, you're going to kill it. You know, and like that was so nice to have people beside me who believed in me, who just knew I didn't have experience, but knew I could do it. You know, and it's like having that like force behind you to be like, you've got this. You you can do it. Like, you know, I remember like there was one year I remember having a panic attack at the middle in the middle of like the season of yeah. Christmas. And I remember mm-hmm. sitting in the back and I was like, I can't stand up. I was shaking. Mm-hmm. I got outside. I literally had like a moment where I like screamed and cried and like walked back inside. And I remember like sitting down just thinking like, this is too much. I'm so overwhelmed. And I think it was you had walked by. And you were busy, so you were kind of, you were like a little, like, you got this, like... I don't even remember See that. out there, see on the field kind of thing. And I oh remember, I think it was Tara, she had come back, and she, like, her client was processing. And she'd come to the back, and she sat down beside me, and she was like, what's up? And just, like, talked to me, and, like, talked me down, and made me feel really good, made me feel really calm. Like, we shared a cookie. I remember, like, walking back out there, and I felt really good. I saw you working, I was like, she's killing it. There you go, Tao. Oh here God. she is. Like, she's here with a force. You were like, I think you had like four clients. You were like running around without a head. And I remember like slapping your ass and be like, you got this. Oh, God. I don't know. Christmas I, like, is a blur for all of it's, us. I don't even remember any of that, honestly. But I just remember that moment of me sitting in the back and thinking like, if it wasn't for these people. You know, and like, yeah. I'm so proud to see where we're all going right now uh, because we're all on such strong paths. You yourself, it's like insane to watch you where oh you God. were two years ago, where you were four years ago when I first heard about you. How'd you hear about me? Oh my God. Oh my God. That's so true. Oh my God. Yes, that's true because you guys work together. I used to work with Kevin. Yeah. So like when Kevin met you, I remember hearing about you and you were just like, you know, new to the game. You were kind of getting yourself comfortable. You seemed really confident, though. You seemed like you had it together. Yeah, because like, I did not. I had zero confidence. And I did not have my so shit together. I you, <laughs> I remember Yikes. thinking, like, wow, she is such a strong force. Like, look at her go. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, I can't wait to see what she does. Oh, my God. You know what's funny? I remember Kevin telling me that he had told his coworkers at Bulk Barn that he'd show them the picture and then being like, she's hot. And I looked at Kevin and I was like, who said that? It was me. Shut up. I had a feeling it was you. And it's so funny because... Because you were so good looking. I was like, damn. It's funny because I remember when you had started at the salon. I'd only figured that you worked together with, with Kevin after the fact. But I remember like you were apprenticing under Nick. And Nick was like, do not hit on her. <laughs> and I was like, oh, honey, I can't. I can't guarantee that. I can't guarantee that I'm not going to, like, check her out all the time. And I checked you out all the time. It was like... I didn't mind those wandering eyes. Oh, oh, girl. I had (laughs) very wandering eyes for you. And he was like, don't, like, she needs to be, you know, like, focused. Like, don't hit her. And I was like, you got to chill, man. I'm just looking. He was like, I know you tell. And I'm like, I'm I'm not going to flirt, okay? I'd be fine. It was so funny. It, that we one that happened. We were hilarious together, though. We were. Us working together is just so much fun. It was so much fun. I, I definitely miss it. And I think that we've grown a lot apart now, of course, too. But 
it's still it's nice. nice that we support each yeah. other. You know what I mean? I feel you like can still cherish the moments that we do spend together. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like they mean a lot more now. Yeah, for sure. It's like I've had that with a lot of people where I feel like I like because I've always I've been the kind of person I've been pretty good at this of like keeping relationships with people I used to work with. Mm-hmm. So whether it be like from like my first job to like my last job, you know, like right. I still talk to a few people here and there, and I just kind of catch up with them, and it's like. I feel as though I cherish those relationships so much more now. Yeah. Because I've upkept them. Yeah, because, like, nostalgia, right? Yeah. When you remember, like, I, I remember when you first came to the salon, and you were so shy, and I remember being like, bitch, what the fuck? Get it together. I know you're not shy. <laughs> I remember being like, you're not shy. I can tell right away. It's because you're not comfortable, but, like, once you, like, uncover everything. with that, though. And then you become whack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a huge problem with that, though, where it's, like, I kind of overthink how everybody sees me. And it's funny because I don't do it with clients. I've noticed really? that. I don't do it with clients. Because That's I, a good thing, though. Because I put myself in a professional base where I'm, mm. like, this is who I want my professional self to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, and I feel like we all do that in all of our own lines of work where we all have, like, a professional side and we mm-hmm. all have, like, our personal side. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I feel like with my coworkers, I'm more – when I first meet people, I'm very shut off because I'm, like, oh, what if they don't like me for me? And then I overthink things. And then I, but like the whole time I'm doing this, I look like a bitch because I have like the worst resting bitch face. Oh, we all do though. So I feel like, I also feel like that's why a lot of people were intimidated coming into yeah. Salon Caramia. We were like the nicest group of people, mm-hmm. but we all naturally had like a resting bitch yep. face. And I feel like all of our, we all have big personalities. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all, even clients used to tell us that yeah. being like, if you guys like didn't smile, Sometimes when you're working, yeah. your face gets, like, flat and neutral, yeah. but it looks like you're mad. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm having the time of my life painting away at hair, I'm you doing know? I'm my thing. I'm in my groove. But yeah. it's like, I needed, like, I remember, like, Nick sat, like, talked to me one day and, like, pulled me aside and was like, smile. Fix you your face. Like bitch. <laughs> Fix your face. And I remember thinking, like, oh, okay. And it's like, you don't, you you don't, don't realize. hear people say that to you. That's, just, that's not a nice thing to hear. Right. But he knew I could take it. Yeah. Because I used to, th- we used to throw shade at each other all the time because yeah. that was our relationship, you yeah. know? And, like, I needed him to sit me down and be like, fix your face. Yeah. Because people think you're a bitch. He tells you like it is. Oh, and yeah. Zero. Fucks. Filter. Yeah. He will, he's, he's a shady ass bitch. Oh, yeah. Nick, you know this. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just like, I'm, I'm really excited to see where you're going to be in five years where you are going to be in your career, but also in your personal life. I'm excited to see how much you're going to flourish in that, how much more comments you're going to build. I can't wait to see where you guys are all going to be at, too. Yeah. Like, I'm so excited. It makes me so happy to watch everyone's success. I feel like I'm with the lens. And myself, too. And, like, just to see, like, myself and everybody in my life just succeeding right now. Mm-hmm. It's such a good feeling. Like, it's it is. so empowering. And I can see kind of all of us, too, um, are weeding out toxic people in our yeah. in, in our lives as yeah. well like we all are i definitely am i mean i mean between well, both of us i feel like we've freaking weeded out so many people in the last like even just the last year honestly in the last year yeah. i feel and i feel like we're both at a different mindset and like goals mental health yeah. too right and yeah i'm just so proud that you're my friend Aww. yeah thank you. yeah i love you and thank you for coming on my podcast thank you for supporting me